0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. His name is Aaron McIntyre. You can tell us your name by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also look for us where they don't censor us on MeWe Parlor and Gab. Just look for my name, Steve Dace, there. Or look for at Steve Dace Show on Getter, G E T T R. You can find us there as well. You can find clips of the show that are free to watch and also free of that aforementioned censorship. When you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show, that's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. We have a jam-packed show in store for you here today. I'll tell you about it here in just a moment. Before, though, I need to tell you about our friends over at Better Spectacles. If you are looking for, particularly if you have problematic prescriptions like me, uh, you know me, I just could have a simple stigmatism. I had to be a little bit far, a little bit near. So if you need progressives or bifocals and you're like, man, I don't want to look like I need progressives or bifocals, good news for you. Uh, German-engineered rodent stock eyewear is now available in the United States for mass production for the first time. This is considered the gold standard in eyewear framing uh, over a 140-year-old company, they've got hundreds and hundreds of patents. And you can get it now through our friends over at Better Spectacles. And yes, if you've just got a regular old prescription, they can help you with that as well. All right, so go to betterspectacles.com Steve. Schedule a teleoptical appointment today. You don't even have to leave your house to get access to some of the best-trained opticians in the country. And they're offering you a 61% off introductory offer when you go to Go Spec Lens, for for those Go Spec lenses, when you go to Betterspectacles.com slash Steve, again, Betterspectacles.com slash Steve, their special Go Spec lenses plus free handcrafted, handcrafted German Rodenstock eyewear uh, and the frames at Betterspectacle.com slash Steve. All right, coming up here today at the bottom of the hour, Dr. Molly James from the James Clinic will be joining us about early treatment for COVID. We're going to try to get as many of your questions answered as we possibly can because Molly has treated quite a few patients for COVID-19 and including numerous people I know personally. So she's going to be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we'll have our very first fake news or not of 2022. And yes, we're going to tackle the whole controversy that surrounded Ted Cruz last week. We're going to get into that with Fake News or Not coming up next hour. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, we will be discussing the new flick on Netflix called Don't Look Up. All three of us have had a chance to watch it. We will give you our review. Is It attempts to be some pretty biting commentary about America's current media and political culture. Does it hit the mark? We'll discuss that for Pop Culture Tuesday later in the program. But before... We get to all of that. Here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away brought to you by Then versus Now. This morning I spent about two hours coming up with a typical montage that you would expect to see, only to see a Twitter thread from Tom Elliott of Grabian. Now, Grabian does yeoman's work cataloging basically every single minute of every cable news show across the political spectrum, every single day. Everything every pundit says is cataloged. And on the record, and boy howdy, does a service like that come in handy on a day like today? Let's take a stroll back through memory lane, shall we? We'll begin with this tweet from Albert Burla, the CEO of Pfizer and notorious horse doctor from April 1st of last year. Quote, excited to share that updated analysis from our Phase 3 study with BioNTech also showed that our COVID-19 vaccine was 100% effective in preventing COVID-19 cases in South Africa. 100%. Then there's this.
3: Vaccination not only
2: prevents you from acquiring uh, severe illness, uh, but it we now know uh, with certainty that it... Uh, largely prevents transmission
4: i think this vaccine is my gut feeling is, is that this vaccines prevent infection and therefore will prevent transmission the idea that this is not just a vaccine that protects the individual but that protects even people who are not vaccinated yet uh because it prevents transmission that really is a game changer
3: this one particular vaccine the oxford
1: astrazeneca vaccine not only protects people but it also works
2: to slow down contagion. The vaccine not only prevents people from getting sick, it also prevents transmission of the virus from person to person.
0: Second, that your chances of infecting others uh, is low if you're fully vaccinated. And third, that the vaccines that we have work against the variants circulating in the United States.
4: That the decision was based on studies showing that it is rare for vaccinated people to both catch and transmit the virus. And that the vaccines work against the variants.
2: The vaccines do work against the variants that we know are out there.
1: And there is this general sense that we are coming out of it. And hopefully
3: we are, because the vaccines uh, do work against the variants.
0: We are accumulating data that our authorized vaccines are effective against the variants that are circulating in this
2: country. Now we jump to present day, that notorious, aforementioned horse doctor made this admission to Yahoo Finance yesterday.
0: Uh, And we know that... um the, three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster,
4: they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, and in, in, against deaths, I think, very good. Um, and
0: less protection against the infection.
2: He also made a stunning admission on CNBC's Squawk podcast about the Pfizer therapeutic safety.
0: We are, don't have the safety profile that we hope we can achieve with this technology.
2: So in less than a year, the horse doctor CEO of Pfizer goes from saying the vaccine is 100% effective to saying that it's not effective at all unless you get a third dose. Oh, and it's not as safe as he wanted. So you're telling me there's a chance. Moving on, a new expose from Project Veritas exposes military documents which contradict Dr. Anthony Fauci's previous
3: testimony in front of the U.S. Senate. Dr. Anthony Fauci has testified many times before Congress stating that the U.S. government was never involved in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They gained in lethality. It's a new virus. That's not gain of function? According to the definition that is currently (laughs) operable. We're not going to get anywhere close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. That assertion is based on the NIH's definition of gain of function. However, the documents we've obtained refute that. The documents in question stem from a report at the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known as DARPA, which were hidden in a top-secret share drive. But what is DARPA? They are an agency under the U.S. Department of Defense, which facilitates research and technology with potential military applications. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, written by the U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. Major Murphy makes claims in his report to the Inspector General that, if true, could be damning to the official narrative that has been played out to the world over the past two years. Major Murphy's report states that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018, seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too dangerous and could violate the gain-of-function moratorium despite EcoHealth's position, that it would not.
2: A new batch of documents obtained via a Freedom of Information Act request shows EcoHealth Alliance Chief Peter Daszak expressed concern that his organization's connection to U.S.-funded virus data and bat coronavirus research would attract, quote, unwelcome attention. Op-ed at the LA Times, mocking anti-vaxxers' deaths is ghoulish, yes, but necessary. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at International Living. If you're thinking of buying property, whether as an investment or just because you need a change, did you know that if you invest in property in Panama, you could instantly become 10 times richer because it's a high-income nation? And it also uses the U.S. dollar as its currency, and yet every dollar in your bank account in Panama can be worth up to 10 times what it's worth here in the United States. Picture how much of that you have in your savings today? Now multiply that number by 10. Right now, as a fan of the show, you can learn more about this opportunity by getting the Complete Invest and Retire in Panama series, including the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama, along with four videos, all for free. Check out buypanamanow.com slash Steve to take advantage of that offer. That's buypanamanow.com slash Steve. 100% free just to check it out at buypanamanow.com slash Steve. We are going to have more on these stunning, but not really. Stunning in that they just said it. Stunning in not that any of this is true. Uh, Disclosures from Pfizer's CEO, Horse Doctor, in our overtime today, With our friend Jordan Schachtel. He has a fantastic piece about this uh, up on his Substack, which we have linked on all of our social networks, including Facebook. I I, I don't care if this is our last day on Facebook. The, The information that's coming out here today. Some of the most information, some of the most important information that has been released since this scandemic began. So. It's, I don't care how many accounts I may or may not lose for posting it, and their algorithms can all go coitus and interruptus themselves as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as many people as possible need to see this information. It's life or death, national security level of stuff. In fact, I want to I read a quote, if I could here, really quick from Dr. Robert Malone. You remember him? Uh, one of the original... Patenters uh, and inventors of MRNA technology, quote, talking about this Project Veritas report that we're going to get more into here in a moment. Uh, the implications here exceed those of the Pentagon Papers, if, you're, if those of you who know your history of the, of the Nixon era. This reveals the depth of the corruption if verified. Major Joseph Murphy needs to go down in the history books as one of the great patriots, unquote. So we're going to get more into the Pfizer side of this and more with our former colleague and still friend, Jordan Schachtel, now independent uh, muckraker. He's going to join us in the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com DACE. That's blazetv.com D-E-A-C-E. That's where you'll go to watch it later today if you're already a Blaze TV subscriber. If you're not and would like to become one, that's where you can go to get a discounted subscription. All right, now we're going to go to this bombshell report. And it's, it's, it's if it's verified, corroborated, then everything that I have ever theorized on this program about the origins of the virus, where the vaccines came from, all of it is true. All of it. About the vaccines and the essentially being from the same research as the virus because the virus itself is a vaccine attempt. Remember all this stuff we talked about throughout the course of last year? I want to read for you one section here. And and I would urge you to go online uh, the best summary of this report that I have seen. If you don't have time to watch the entire seven-minute video, over uh, on, on any of the socials for Project Veritas, the video in its entirety. If you don't have time to do that, Red State, and I look, I read several summaries of this this morning and, and, and watched the video. I think I sent it to you guys last oh, night, yes. the full video. Uh, Red State, I think, has done the best job I've seen so far of summarizing this in writing. I want to highlight one particular section here. From Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy. He was, at the time that he wrote this, he was the uh, then Commandant Marine Corps Fellow at DARPA, meaning he represented the Marine Corps at this institution, folks. This isn't, you know, um, this isn't even an Edward Snowden, just kind of a facilitator, whistleblower. Here, this isn't an intern. This guy represented the Marine Corps at this institution. He was the Commandant Marine Corps Fellow at DARPA, which means he would have had access to all of this information. Here's what he wrote in his memo. I'm just going to read this section for you. SARS-CoV-2 is an American-created recumbent bat vaccine or its precursor virus. It was created by an EcoHealth Alliance program at the Wuhan Institute for Virology, as suggested by the reporting surrounding the lab leak hypothesis. The details of this program have been concealed since the pandemic began. These details can be found in the EcoHealth Alliance proposal response to the DARPA preempt program broad agency announcement, and he gives the file number for that, dated March 2018. A document not yet publicly disclosed. Let me pause. I'm not adding any editorial comment. I'm reading from this exactly. I'll tell you when it's over and I'll editorialize from there. Let's continue. The contents of this proposed program are extremely detailed. Peter Daszak lays out step by step what the organization intends to do by phase and by location. The primary scientists involved, their roles, and their institutions are indicated. The funding plan for the Wuhan Institute of Virology work is its own document. The reasons why non-pharmaceutical interventions like masks and medical countermeasures like the MRNA vaccines do not work well can be extrapolated from the details. The reasons why the early treatment protocols work as curatives are apparent. Let me pause again. This is an internal memo within our own defense department. From the Marine Corps Commandant Fellow at DARPA. Let me read this paragraph to you now that I've reiterated this for a second time. The contents of the proposed program are extremely detailed. Peter Dasik lays out step by step... What the organization intends to do by phase and by location. The primary scientists involved, their roles, and their institutions are indicated. The funding plan for the Wuhan Institute for Virology work is its own document. Meaning there would uh, be a paper trail somewhere. The reasons why non-pharmaceutical interventions like masks and medical countermeasures, like the mRNA vaccines do not work well, can be extrapolated from the details. The reasons why the early treatment Protocols work as curatives are apparent. SARS CoV 2's form as it emerged is likely as a precursor, deliberately virulent, humanized, recumbent SARS CoV that was to be reverse engineered into a live, attenuated SARS CoV bat vaccine. SARS CoV 2 form as it emerged is likely as a precursor, deliberately virulent, humanized, recumbent SARS CoV that was to be reverse engineered into a live, attenuated SARS CoV bat vaccine. Its nature can be determined from analysis of its genome with the context provided by the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. Joining this analysis with U.S. intelligence collections on Wuhan will aid this determination. More from this memo, quote, DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too close to violating the gain of function moratorium, despite what Peter Daszak says in the proposal that the work would not, as is known, Dr. Fauci with NIAID did not reject the proposal. The work took place at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and at several sites in the U.S. identified in detail in the proposal. SARS CoV 2 hereafter referred to as SARS CoV WIV. Again, WIV, Wuhan Institute of Virology, this is an official Defense Department memo, is a synthetic spike protein chimera. That means a, like a, 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 a goulash, a conglomerate of different things. Engineered to attach to human ACE2 receptors and inserted into a recumbent bat sars COVID backbone. It is likely a live vaccine not yet engineered to a more attenuated state that the program sought to create with its final version. It leaked and spread rapidly because it was aerosolized so it could efficiently infect bats in caves. But it was not ready to infect bats yet, which is why it does not appear to infect bats. The reason the disease is so confusing is because it is less a virus than it is an engineered spiked proteins hitchhiking a ride on a sars cov quasi-species swarm. The closer it is to the final live attenuated vaccine form, the more likely that it has been de-attenuating since initial escape in August of 2019. The gene-coded mRNA vaccines work poorly because they are, oh, please, please listen to this, because they are synthetic replications Synthetic replications of the already synthetic SARS-CoV-2 Wuhan Institute of Virology synthetic spike proteins and possess no other epitopes. The mRNA instructs the cells to produce synthetic copies of the SARS-CoV-2 Wuhan Institute of Virology synthetic spike protein directly into the bloodstream. Let me pause. Remember that line during our Christmas album parody? Because they lied. It doesn't stay in your arm. Directly into the bloodstream, wherein they spread and produce the same ACE2 immune storm that the recumbent vaccine does. Many doctors in the country have identified that the symptoms of vaccine reactions mirror the symptoms of the disease. Let me pause again. Have we not been measuring for many months now. The rates of myocarditis both from the infection and then how it compares to the side effect rate of myocarditis for the vaccine.
0: Hmm.
1: Which corroborates with the similar synthetic nature and function of the respected spike proteins. The vaccine recipient has no defense against the bloodstream entry. But their nose protects them from the recumbent spike protein quasi-species during natural infection, better termed as aerosolized inoculation. And let's do one more, shall we? This again is from this Defense Department memo within this organization called DARPA from the Marine Commandant Fellow within the organization. Quote, before I read this to you, let me stop for a second. And this is not theatrical. Before I read this to you, If you're holding your children, consider putting them down. If you are, like, I don't know, lean back in a chair, consider sitting straight up. Quote. Ivermectin, identified as a curative in April of 2020. Ivermectin, identified as a curative in April of 2020. Ivermectin, identified as a curative in April of 2020. Works throughout all phases of illness. Works throughout all phases of illness. Works throughout all phases of illness. Because it both inhibits viral replication and modulates the immune response. Of note, chloroquine phosphate What is that? Well, it's a little bit like, you call it Prilosec, but it's really called Fometadime. Chloroquine phosphate is the actual name of the brand name hydroxychloroquine. Chloroquine phosphate, hydroxychloroquine, identified April 2020 as a curative. Identified April 2020 as a curative. Identified April 2020 as a curative. Is identified in the proposal as a SARS COVID inhibitor. As is interferon. Identified May 2020 as a curative. By the way, he is still actively in service. Major Murphy is. He's not seeking asylum uh, with Putin. so we won't have that excuse this time. In fact, he claims that he's not even the project Veritas source for this, and Project Veritas also says he's not their source. So we don't have well the guy ran off to Russia so we can't trust him anymore. we don't have that that excuse is off the table, right? He's still in active service as we speak right now. So one of two things here. A, this guy should be court-martialed and should have been already, correct? Dishonorably discharged, if not jagged to Leavenworth for peddling this much disinformation. Do you understand that if I had said any of these things, if I said them all as recently as 48 hours ago, I could have been banned off of every major social media site in the country. Totally deplatformed. I disagree with Robert Malone. It's bigger than the Pentagon Papers. A hell of a lot more people have died here. They didn't have to. We lost about 55,000 brave young Americans in Vietnam. We've lost over 800,000 people here. This is worse. Especially because they identified curatives way back in April. But we couldn't fire Fauci because he just would have set off the liberal media. Either this man should be um, needs to get a lawyer, and should have already been court-martialed for peddling this many dangerous conspiracies, and he, or he's certifiably insane, or, 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 or you and I have lived through the absolute most evil. Moment in all of human history. Because they knew all along it could be prevented and they didn't. And they instead punished the people like Dr. Molly James, who will join us here in a few minutes, for trying to prevent this. This is top of the mountaintop level of history book stuff. Like, look for a trumpet will sound kind of stuff, folks. Michael Crichton would not have written this book. It's either that or we have a raving lunatic in the U.S. Marine Corps. Choose. Gentlemen, your thoughts?
0: You know, I was more skeptical yesterday than you about the notion of the uh, off-ramp. And we see that over in San Francisco, they're going to be making uh, Berkeley public schools. The the kids wear M95 masks. So, you know, the crazy is going to be hard to pull back from. But now, like, if the politically, in the face of this, because this is the I told you so of all I told you so's, you should be racing for the off-ramp right now. Like, no masks, back to real life. Pretend, I mean, you have got to go off and get back to everything that resembles real life as possible. So this thing just drifts off and everybody's just so thankful to have life back again that they decide not to follow up on this because I agree with Steve. The only question now is how many people should hang for this? All of them. Yes. High number.
1: Either Major Murphy needs to be dishonorably discharged and face a life in prison In Leavenworth, in the next 24 hours, or bring out the Nuremberg gallows. To that
0: point, have you hashtag Major Murphy didn't kill himself yet?
1: I'm on that during the break. Thank you.
2: If just 15% of what you just read is true, it's still the worst, the worst, most, most evil example of evil that any of us have ever lived through, and perhaps in the last 2,000 years. More in a moment.
1: More than ever before, we have to create an alternative economy here. And unfortunately, not every outlet or everything that you have to do or want to do uh, as an American provides you an opportunity to do business with those who agree with you, who aren't trying to end your way of life at the same time that you're giving them your business. But when that opportunity does present itself, please take full advantage of it. Like, for example, when it comes to your mobile phone, our family last fall decided we had finally had enough of giving money to companies trying to end our way of life. And so we made the switch. And one of the reasons, frankly, we put it off is we got five five people in our household, Amy, me, three kids. And at least on our account, our oldest is out of the house now, but yet she's still on my mobile phone account. You're like you've got those days to look forward to here, Erzin. When they move out, and yet you still are paying for their mobile phones and their health insurance, and they're and they're still on your car insurance. <laughs> okay, you've got those days to look forward to here soon. Uh, but um, we finally we just decided it would be a huge hassle, all the data plans and everything else. And finally, we were just like, you know, we got to stop giving our money to these people who hate us. We made the switch, and you know what? It was like no problemo, man. And, uh, I mean, all the same signal strength, everything. We even got new phones uh, out of the deal, too. All right, so if you want to take advantage of it, go with our friends that we went with at Patriot Mobile. They're America's only pro-America mobile phone company. Veterans and first responders, you save even more. And right now, you can get a free activation with the offer code STEVE. When you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, they've got plans that they can fit into any family uh, style, size, or budget. Uh, PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Use the promo code Steve for that free activation, and you can call them at 972-PATRIOT if you want to do that instead. 972-PATRIOT. Well, just to reiterate, we just read from you a document from last year within the U.S. Department of Defense from an organization within the DoD referred to as DARPA, the Marine Commandant Fellow at this institution. In other words, he's the Marine Corps' representative here at DARPA, laying out specifically what they did and did not know about SARS-CoV-19, including that they were well aware of how early treatments worked All along, even naming ivermectin, interferon, and hydroxychloroquine by name. Thankfully, over the last year, a small but yet not insignificant and persistent number of doctors have arisen in order to push back on this barbarism and savagery and to actually try to save people as opposed to go home until and isolate until you can't breathe and then come into the hospital and we'll put you on a ventilator in the ICU and it's a flip of the coin that you're ever walking out of that Hotel California. One of them, and I've seen firsthand her handiwork because I've referred friends and family members to her. One of them joins us now. Her name is Dr. Molly James and we want to welcome her. To the program today. Molly, it's a long time coming. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy New Year. How are you?
4: Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. I'm great. Um, just coming off of the event at the Capitol yesterday in Iowa, so things are going well.
1: Well, tell us about that. How did it go?
4: Yeah, it was a rally for medical freedom. Um, I think Iowa's positioned to be one of the leaders in the country um, to protect and preserve their people's rights and their right to make their medical decisions without um, surrendering their civil liberties. <laughs>
1: Tell us a little bit about Dr. Molly James and how did you end up, sister, in the resistance, right? I mean, I, I assume you just yeah. got into medicine to heal people. Like I I got in this to fight a culture war and never had an idea that I'd have to actually know what a cytokine storm is. You got in this to treat things like cytokine storms and never thought you'd have to fight a culture war. So, you know, welcome welcome to the war front, sister. So tell us how you got here.
4: Yeah, so um, I actually went to New York and volunteered. Uh, when things were really bad at the beginning, because I wanted to find out what were they doing that was effective and bring that back home right away. Um, So I didn't have to read about it in a journal because there's such a delay. And so for, you know, 18 months, I was on that ICU end, right? The ventilator that everybody knows is such a detrimental piece of the puzzle. That's because it's not the right piece of the puzzle. Um, So due to uh, medical censorship, it took about nine months for me to learn about ivermectin uh, just because I was so busy, I didn't hear about it before then. Um, and then started to, to use it in my practice. I really became part of the resistance as I wanted to treat patients properly. I started to see the power of that. And I started meeting pushback. Um, so that kind of aligned with the battle. Um, I had natural immunity. I had taken care of patients who had natural immunity, chose to get the vaccine, and had devastating side of consequences. Um, so I refused to take it myself. So I was all in the battle at that point.
1: Can you give us an idea of how many patients your clinic and and or you personally have treated here for COVID-19 with early treatment?
4: Yep. So just to give a background, in the ICU over that 18-month period, I estimate about 2,000 patients I took care of in the ICU that were critically ill since September Um, I started on my own, we grew in October. My team is now up to about 3,500 patients that we've treated with early treatment. Wow. Um, We have a handful of hospitalizations. Um, Usually those are for things like dehydration, electrolyte issues or blood sugar problems, um, or confusion and things related to, um, we've had a couple of patients who had a stroke, which is related to COVID. Um, And we've had no deaths in patients we were able to treat early before day seven.
1: People want, and I get asked this question all the time. Is it just as simple as I just take ivermectin? It's, it's often associated with what you guys on your side of these things calls a cocktail, right? Can you describe that?
4: Correct. So, um, I think in the early variants, the alpha ivermectin alone was probably adequate based on what I've talked to, you know, doctors who were treating at that time in the early phase. At this point, I get a lot of patients who come from other places that they found their own ivermectin and have been treating themselves. We really need a combination of medications. Um, we need the Pepsid, the aspirin, we need to address the blood clot risk. I use a medication called phenofibrate, um, it is a cholesterol medication, please don't tell the pharmacist, we want them to keep filling it. Um, and so it is a cocktail and it's knowing the disease process. and this is a failure of medicine that more doctors don't know how to treat this because the first five to seven days is the viral phase. After day seven, day seven to 14 is the cytokine storm. It's inflammation and blood clotting. Tell me there's a doctor that doesn't know how to treat inflammation and blood clotting. You know, when they're telling patients, I can't do anything for you, go home.
1: One of the things that's, well, one of the numerous things, Molly, that has bothered me throughout this is just and, and because I went through you with my own health screen, screening to have uh, prep just in case there were new variants that found a way to penetrate natural immunity, um, so I had to sit down telehealth counsel with you last fall, and so I've got my own protocol sitting in my own medicine cabinet just in case. So you know more about my medical history, but I mean I, I grew up asthmatic. I was in the ho- I was admitted to the hospital three separate times inpatient because i my my body could not keep up from a blood oxygen level. When i was severely clinically asthmatic as a small child in the early 80s, things like nebulizers and stuff were cutting edge. Now you can just have it, those kinds of things laying around your house anytime you want, right? Okay? I couldn't understand for the life of me where were all the physicians like why aren't we doing nebulizers? Why aren't we doing prednisone steroid treatments? Why don't we treat this like we treat any other form of respiratory inflammation or infection? If for nothing else, we can at least maybe subside on a symptomatic level and give the body time to try to fight the virus or the infection itself off, yet- for months on end there was no screaming or yelling about the fact that in 21st century america we didn't know what to do because we were apparently out of copper bracelets so we didn't know what to do with respiratory inflammation other than go home until you can't breathe and then we'll put you come back and we'll put you in the icu how come people didn't scream to high heaven about that molly
4: so i think the ones who were screaming were censored because there were people early on in the pandemic and a lot of my colleagues um are those people and they were treating people they were treating their patients from day 1 and when you look at who those doctors are those are independent family physicians they have a trusted following with their patients and they were doing that early on and they were censored every time they went on social media to share that information it was removed so they were talking but they were censored
1: What's the benign innocent explanation for that censorship because I don't I don't know of one Can you think I of can't one
4: come up with- I can't come up with a benign one.
1: Let's get more into your direct practice. You said you guys have treated over 3,500 patients. All right. Are those confirmed COVID patients?
4: Not all of them. So I don't require a test to treat. We treat based on symptoms. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of patients who either can't find a test or they're afraid to go get tested. They don't want to engage in the medical system because they know that they will be bullied, harassed, and coerced into decisions. And so a lot of them are petrified to go to a hospital right now. Um, So they stay at home and we can treat based on symptoms most of the time.
1: How many of your, of those 3,500 plus that you have treated with this protocol or some associative protocol, how many of them have died?
4: So only one patient has died that I'm aware of. Um, He did have early treatment. He had a prevention consult like you did. Um, They were self-treating at home. And I didn't know that he was actively sick until his stats were already in the 70s mm-hmm. and had extensive risk factors. Um, so unfortunately, we weren't able to help him all the way through. We did the very best we could. Um, so one death in what I would consider our treatment protocol.
1: How many ended up still end up requiring uh, because of severe infection hospitalization?
4: Mm-hmm. We're probably looking at 30 to 40 patients.
1: Out of over 3,500? Yes. What would you say the average median age of the people you treat at your clinic are?
4: Probably 50 to 55. So right Um, on the edge
1: of the danger zone then, in other words.
4: Correct. They're everywhere from extremely healthy. I just had a a 40-year-old marathoner end up in the hospital just because she was 10 days into cytokine storm before we met her. She came home and um, off of oxygen and was fine. Um, Up to, I just had a patient who is morbidly obese, walked in the door... um, or I did a telemedicine visit, stats were 69%. And we were able to get her treatment. We were able to get her in our hyperbaric chamber and we got her stabilized. And now she's on a few liters of oxygen and recovering nicely.
1: I mean, I, I just, how do you not, how, how do you just not get angry when you see the own, your your own real-time stats from your own clinic here and so realize lot- if, that what we could have done here on a nationwide basis, Molly?
4: So I do get angry and what I'm trying to do is channel that into a solution because getting angry isn't productive and there are patients who are in need. Um, I was just told this uh, yesterday that a patient who sought out our services was denied service in an emergency department locally. So I have to investigate that because that has legal ramifications if that is a true story. Um, But I need to find a solution and I need to have a place for people to come. And we have it telemedicine and when patients are in our physical in the, if they're in Southern Iowa and I can get them into the chamber, I can stabilize patients who are extremely sick with stats in the 60s and 70s. Uh, outside of our, our geographic area, we have to work through telemedicine. And if they exceed what we can do at home with home oxygen and our medications, um, we do have to send them into a hospital. We, we're still responsible physicians and nurses.
1: Someone's listening right now. They think they might be COVID symptomatic. What would you, and they, obviously they want to go to jamesclinic.com. What should they expect?
4: Yep. So the very fastest way to be seen is to go online and to, we have a form to request a consult. I have a team that's continuously monitoring that and they're getting those patients on the schedule very quickly. And I have a team, um, I have two full-time physicians and a full-time nurse practitioner and a second part-time nurse practitioner who are watching those and seeing patients. Yesterday, I think they saw 30 or 40 sick patients.
1: What about Omicron? One question I'm getting from people with Omicron, same protocol. Would you go down the same road for now? Because obviously this attacks more of the upper respiratory system and the nasal cavity as opposed to a a direct pulmonary attack of the previous strains. So you would follow for now the same protocols as the others?
4: I would, because we don't know. We've been told Omicron isn't bad. We're seeing a lot of sinus stuff. There's also a lot of influenza out there right now. We don't know who's gonna respond poorly, who has Delta. There are still patients getting very, very sick. And I don't know what subselects for patients to go into cytokine storm. Because like I said, we know that patients who are significantly overweight or have uncontrolled blood sugars have a much higher risk. But I also, like my marathon runner, she didn't have those risk factors. So I think err on the side of treatment, they're generally benign treatments. I have patients monitor, and if they're having a side effect from the medication, it's risk-benefit, so I have them stop one of the medications, but we still have multiple things in our protocol um, that they can be taking that'll help symptoms from a different perspective.
1: Finally, Molly, can you, can you tell us how many patients have you seen that had previous confirmed uh, infection that they naturally recover, so they have natural immunity, compared to people who have come in that were jabbed?
4: Very few people have had a confirmed infection that are sick again, and even fewer of those have serious infection more than once. So there's a lot of confounding variables to that. I do think it can happen. I think it happened to me, actually, um, for a number of reasons. Um, But there's a lot of false positives because of the asymptomatic testing. So there's a lot of false positives, and a test is not a COVID illness, it's a case, but it is not an illness. So that doesn't count. So if you had symptomatic COVID with a positive test, it is unlikely to get severe symptomatic COVID with a positive test a second time. It's possible, but very unlikely.
1: How many people come to you after getting jabbed and now they've got COVID?
4: Um, We do ask that question just so we can monitor because it's not consistent with what you're hearing on the news. Mm -hmm. I would say it's about 50, 50. Although, um, Patients who seek us out are obviously a little, have a little slighter tendency to not prefer the the shots.
1: Molly, you're doing the Lord's work I, and, and, and I just can't thank you enough for what uh, you and, and, and a few hundred doctors like yourself have stood up and been willing to do. And in the face of what you've had to do to do it, uh, God bless you. Folks, jamesclinic.com is where you want to go. It used to be dot Jamesclinic.com is where you want to go. I've seen how Molly works firsthand with people I know, so I can personally recommend her at jamesclinic.com. Molly, God bless you. Thank you.
4: Thanks, Steve. God bless you. Take you care. Bet.
1: Thoughts?
0: You, when I say I'm certain 800,000 people did not die uh, from covid One of the reasons is what we've talked about yesterday, the from versus with. But the other reason here, those who actually are in the from category, COVID really didn't kill them. The doctors who wouldn't treat them like Molly James killed them.
2: I've found myself with a little bit of whiplash from the the first segment to that segment as well. Um. Because in the first segment we're talking about We're talking about Well, there's really no analogue, is there? There's there's really no true analogue, if even half, 30%, 15% of what this report from Project Veritas, if that's true. There's no analogue to the depths of evil that we're talking about. And then we see Molly James kind of on her own, although there are a few more out there like her doing her darndest to save as many lives as possible. It's whiplash, but it's a good note to end this hour on. All
1: set. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. Don't forget to let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also look for us on MeWe Parlor Gab if you go to Steve Dace or at Steve Dace Show on Getter. And you can look at clips of the program for free that are also free of being censored by Big Tech when you go To rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. I saw that uh, Mr. Bongino and Rumble just went over, I think, two million registered users over the weekend. So congratulations to them. At rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Rumble.com. Slash Steve Day Show, and if you are a podcast listener, we appreciate each and every one of you. Please consider leaving us a five star review if you have not done so already, uh, and or uh, hitting the subscribe or follow button, whatever applies on wherever you podcast us from. So many of you have already done that. You have done your part in helping the show to continue to grow. So thank you very much, and we appreciate each and every one of you. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. It is that time of year. I know I go through this every time of year. I'm a complete glutton the last like four to five weeks of the year when all the flavors that I love the most all come out at the exact same time. And then I've got to do like a well, typically I'll do an entire 30 days in January sugar fast. Now this year it's 50 days. One is because of how much sugar it just ate, but the other is we're going to Universal as a family for a vacation in February. We've decided we're going to start trying to come up with a one way to win or get away, mainly for the old man's mental health more than anything else every year. all right. So we're going to Universal in uh, February for a couple of days. And so we thought, let's just go ahead and extend the whole sugar fast to them. And then, you know, we scheduled our first family dinner at Universal in February. It's at this place called the Chocolate Emporium. So there you go. All right. So, if you're wondering there's no way I could possibly go through this. This is the this is the easiest, it ain't easy, okay? But it's the easiest it's ever been because it just so happens that um the best built bar or the best uh, protein bar of all time from Built Bar is as good if not better than a lot of the candy bars and sweets out there I was going to eat anyway, all right? So, I just ate one of the vanilla creams left over from one of those seasonal fall special flavors. Um, if, if you want you know a special flavor or any of their everyday flavors trust me you've never had a protein bar with this much flavor not loaded with sugar not loaded with carbs and calories a lot of them are 150 calories or less that's it but packed with flavor and protein it's the perfect compromise now you don't have to decide is it is it taste or is it health now the answer is yes when you go to built.com b u i l t That's the website for built.com. Use the promo code DACE to get 15% off right now. 15% off your order with my last name, DACE, as your promo code when you go to built.com. Okay, I've only gotten approximately 7,000 emails and social media interactions about this in the last week. So we are going to address this topic now on Fake News or Not. It's our first Fake News or Not of the year. For those of you that maybe uh, were smarter than us and completely and totally disconnected from the social media or the media world in general over the holidays, it may be news to you that uh, during, uh, well, I think it was actually a Senate panel on the issue, and then he put out a press release that said the exact same language. Uh, my friend and former employer, Senator Ted Cruz from the state of Texas, referred to the uh, 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 January 6th as a terrorist attack. In other words the very language and premise of the opposition. He has been beyond and I would agree rightfully scolded and um and and grounded and punished and disciplined by many conservatives across the fruited plain. Including everybody I think in this audience who both listens to this show and watches Tucker Carlson, I think every one of you have now officially heard from another country heard from just now, okay, so uh, he went on the Tucker Carlson show. Um, I, I couldn't bring myself to watch it, okay? I've read several reviews. My understanding is it did not it did not go well, okay, you know what though there is a happy ending to that story though. And this is why we have to be careful that we either don't confront people when they're in the wrong or then be, um, just toss people on a trash heap when they've otherwise demonstrated a certain amount of usefulness that, There's a little bit more to discipling and accountability and mentoring and parenting than that sort of two-dimensional thinking, right? Because this morning, one of the things Tucker Carlson cornered Ted Cruz on. I said I couldn't bring myself to watch it. That doesn't mean I didn't see clips of it. I just couldn't bring myself to watch it in long form. One of the things Tucker Carlson did last week is he asked Ted Cruz who Ray Epps is. And Cruz did not know. Ray Epps is the guy in those videos that you've seen, that we've shown you on this show, uncovered by our friends at places like American Greatness, with people like Julie Kelly, by the way. Congrats to her. It, it, it's appeared she's already written this year's Fauci and Bargain, it appears. I mean, that book, what she has done on January 6th, the work she's put in, and she's compiled it into this new book that's out right now. It's become a national bestseller. She's everywhere. I sent her a note the other day. Seize that
0: moment, man. You absolutely earned it. Okay. And she'll be joining us next Tuesday. But are you trolling me right now? Because I did not know this. Ted Cruz did not know who Ray Epps. Are you serious? Yes.
1: Yeah, I'm serious. I did not. Yeah.
0: And that's going to get into what we're going to break out out
1: here in a minute. Okay. (sighs) And so Tucker asked him. He said he doesn't know. Doesn't know if he's a federal agent. He doesn't know. This morning, at the first post-January 6th hearing on January 6th, Ted Cruz had the, uh, is it Sanborn from the FBI or somebody that was mm, testifying yeah. testifying this morning? And dude went full, full federal prosecutor. Who is, Ray, Roy, who, is, who is Ray Epps? Ray Epps is the guy in those videos that Julie Kelly and others have uncovered directing people on and urging them and encouraging them to attack the Capitol. And this is where we need to go. All right. And I believe it turned out he was on the board of Oath Keepers and he might be like the only person on the board of Oath Keepers who has not been indicted by the feds or one of the few. Well, lo and behold, after receiving, shall we call it some correction, Ted Cruz absolutely hammered Sanborn this morning. Who is Ray Epps? Were there any federal agents there and got them on the record saying they cannot say for certain. There weren't any plainclothes federal agents there. They cannot say for certain who Ray Epps is. See, this is why we is is it Steve? We 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 hold people accountable, or we then don't hold them accountable, and then the first time they 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 completely and totally screw up or mess up, we just kick them to the curb. The answer is no.
0: That's the point Jesse Kelly actually made coming out in defense. So he said, We got like three good senators, man. Yes. I'm not torching this guy. I
1: didn't listen. He, I thought he deserved all the yeah, criticism yeah, yeah. that he got. Okay. All of it. In fact, <laughs> last week I was just messing around at home over our break and I saw a guy who in his Twitter feed announced himself as a progressive labor activist and he's wearing like a BLM shirt and he's burning his vaccine card in New York City. I'm like, My man. Okay. Five seconds later, I literally, literally, after I tweet this, shows up in my feed is this is this clip of Cruz calling this thing a terrorist attack. And I tweet right away. I might have been one of the first people that reacted to it. I don't know. No. 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 And I, then I thought to myself, man, I, this is not how this day I thought it was going to go. <laughs> that I was going to, if you had, Steve Dace is getting up this morning. And affirmatively tweeting a BLM activist, progressive labor uh, socialist, burning his vax card while no rebuking Ted Cruz within the span of 10 minutes. You win. Because I didn't, I didn't have that. I would, that was not one of my top 10 predictions for 2022. But lo and behold. And this is, remember when you, everybody kept asking me after Virginia, what if Glenn Youngkins, like another Ron? And what did I say? It doesn't matter who he is. It matters who we are. My former employer, I think still my friend. Maybe not. I guess we'll find out. I'm pretty sure, knowing Ted, that he is. Probably isn't all that happy with me at the moment, but knowing how he rolls, I'd be shocked if we're not still friends. But uh, he got the message, folks. Because some questions that a lot of folks have wanted asked in an official setting for the last six months. Suddenly they got asked today. And now Tom Cotton, who also wants to run for president one day, now he's like... Bleep, man, I got to start asking some of these questions now, right? And, man, you got some answers. You're not going to like any of the answers you got because they didn't offer any. But it's a little bit like the non-denial denial kind of a thing, okay? That would not have happened, in my opinion, if, if some folks would not have taken their belt off and said to Ted Cruz, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. But it's for your own good, kid. And disciplined him a little bit. And now look What happened? Now now he went Raven Bulldog on this because he got the memo. So I want to move this conversation, if you guys are okay with it, to a broader scope beyond just this situation with Ted. Because I, I think there is a bigger problem here we need to address. And, I, and, and bear with me here for a few minutes. I'm going to walk you through a Twitter thread I did on this last week while I was off our first fake news or not okay all right so so let's let's begin here um we have a serious problem that has to be addressed on our side and and i think it's a lot of what i believe ted cruz is really getting widely criticized for but it's an issue that is broader than ted let me lay this out for you first i think we have to stipulate to an undeniable truth of history Whoever has control over the flow of information in any society ultimately has control. To that end, I I, I, I showed a tweet from my, our buddy Kyle Lamb, who works for Governor Ron DeSantis. And it was in response to what he was seeing that morning from the Supreme Court hearing on the evil and unethical COVID jab mandates. And Kyle is just can't believe he's watching justices like Breyer and Sotomayor just it's, it's one thing to get the justices to ask questions from the wrong premise. A lot of the justices we like did that, okay? But it's like literally saying things that are provably and certifiably false. I mean, PolitiFact, their own fake checkers, fact-checked Sonia Sotomayor, if that tells you anything, okay? So Kyle was pointing this out on Friday, that the SCOTUS hearing itself was invaded by a bunch of bad information. So I did a Twitter poll. We talked about this on the overtime yesterday, uh, which which almost 10,000 people voted in. Biggest Twitter poll we've ever done. And we asked how many people believe that Donald Trump is even aware of covid doctors and experts and sources that are independent of the corporate media narrative, given Trump's continued support for past lockdowns and repeated jabs now. And about 80 percent voted that they don't believe Trump even knows who somebody like Peter McCullough is. I actually agree with, him with with most of that sentiment. I think he knows what some of this is, but I agree with you. He doesn't know what a Peter McCullough and some of these people are. Or at the very least, he does and is willfully chosen to ignore them. Every day, for going on two years now, I get feedback from listeners and viewers who cannot believe what they hear other alternative media people say about COVID. I get questions all the time like, do you know these people? How can they not know this stuff? Etc. Frankly, I think more people need to learn the lesson I had to learn the hard way the last few years. And I think you need to become more radicalized informationally. And I get that this comes with a danger or the ultimate danger everyone in this business fears. That's being deplatformed, shunned, ostracized, etc. Unfortunately, though, we are in an era when simply providing an alternative take on corporate media spin. That's what we did in this business for several decades Um, While still assuming corporate media largely provided correct information, that era is over. It's null and void. That era is gone now. We are beyond full bias to full throat spirit of the age levels of deception and delusion now. And that means the ground itself is bad. It doesn't need new or better fertilizer. Doesn't need the, the New York Times report, the Washington Post report, the Politico f- profile doesn't need you to come along with your special brand of fertilizer to, to balance it out. It needs to be raised, like R-A-Z-E-D raised. The water table is contaminated. The source itself is corrupted. Therefore, we can no longer use as a movement, as an industry, as a political party, etc., Uh, You can't continue with a paradigm of providing an alternative take on agreed upon information because the information itself is bad. It's no longer enough to create streams of alternative analysis or a counter take. We've now got to create reservoirs of alternative information. And I keep going back to this, what Luke Rosiak at the Daily Wire did last year with the alternative information that he provided on what was going on with the Loudoun County school board, how that blew that entire race up. We need to do more of that kind of work. Okay. That's what we did on COVID for the last uh, 22 months is we provided alternative forms of information, not my spin on what Anthony Fauci was saying, but alternative information. If you are simply analyzing corporate media information, you are doing the intellectual equivalent of helping to spread Zyklon B. Here's what that means. Uh, it means that we have to accept a reality that our jobs are now harder. My job, frankly, is the most the most stressful it's ever been. Uh, some of it is from hearing from how many of you are suffering from all of these lies, and and a lot of another part of it is trying to figure out, you know, it. I don't mind being deplatformed for telling the truth, but I don't want to do it recklessly and make it easy for them either, right? And so how do we navigate that? It's the hardest it's ever been, okay? And then there's the idea that you're going to get rival gaslighting will emerge to compete with the established variety, which makes the truth more elusive. When one side goes tribalism, you know, the duopoly on the other side is going to say, let's do the exact same thing. Some are going to demand that their untrue narrative is now pushed in response to the other side's untrue narrative and attempt to justify it because accepting one sector's gaslighting is just too much to bear. However, zero times zero, as we've said often on the show, is still zero. A dueling lie never leads us to the truth. At the same time, accepting the premise of unfiltered and and unapologetic propaganda And then explaining yourselves from there doesn't make you reasonable. You're a mark you've been had. This is what a lot of people on the right who entertain people like Scott Gottlieb during COVID. This is what they did. I'm the smart person here. And, And we'll find a third way. The third way is the truth, not your way. You're not the third way. You're not. This isn't. You're especially smart here. This is what seeker-friendly churches do with the gospel. I've heard it from some of them with my own ears. They've said it to me. If we don't do it, the blank fill in your seeker friendly name church here, there. Uh, if we don't do it our way, people won't come and hear the gospel. Like, like, like God couldn't have, could not actually reach people without your unique little spin-on things. No, that's not true. And I get this because I had previously been had. I couldn't believe they would just make up stuff about Kavanaugh being a marauding gang rapist allegations out of thin air. Remember, I said, here on this show. We should have a hearing. Let's hear this out. I can't believe they'd make this stuff up. And they made it up. Then I couldn't believe a decorated veteran and patriot like Robert Mueller would allow himself to become the useful idiot or wanton tool of an obvious coup attempt. I did the same thing. I'm like, I just, I look at this guy's service record. I'd even read his service record on this show. Remember? Mm-hmm. I like, I can't believe this was, that he would just, at the, at this stage of his life, just completely be either a useful idiot or a wanton instrument of an open coup.
0: And then came the crazy voices.
1: And then came the evidence and the report. And turns out I was wrong about that in his testimony, which was even worse. So I was wrong about that too. In fact, I was dead wrong. Uh, and at this point now, if you're in my position, you have a choice to make. You can hold on to your self-righteous assumptions and continue to be self-deluded or admit a very difficult and inconvenient truth. I decided to admit the latter. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I don't know better. That I can't just assume things institutionally anymore. And frankly, it was that admission that prepared me for the greatest delusion that was still to come. covid Stan. I believe Ted Cruz accepted the premise of the enemy's January 6th narrative because that's where he gets most of his information. Take it from someone who worked for him. I don't say this lightly. I mean, when I worked for him, one of the first things he did every single morning was read the morning tip sheet at Politico. I got paid to write there. I never read the damn thing in my life. Okay. And if it can happen to arguably the most conservative member of the U.S. Senate folks, it can happen to a lot of other big names. I have previous exchanges with Ted in his office on the topic of COVID to reinforce my conclusion. Remember that letter that he sent to the uh, Surgeon General or the head of CDC, I should say, Robert Redfield, two years ago, getting questions? I'm the one that wrote that letter, or at least the questions. I wrote the questions. His office wrote the letter, but they didn't know what questions to ask. And they thought maybe I was nuts. I remember Bob Vander Plaats, one of my best friends in the world, telling me, Steve, I cannot believe Donald Trump would, would agree to short-circuit the economy in an election year when he needs a good economy better than anybody in America on something that just isn't true or a lie. And I, like, I, I don't know that. I, I can't, All I can tell you is what the, what the data shows. That's all I can tell you. See, there's a lot of that going around, and I, I get it because I used to say it. Guys, they wouldn't just open. This isn't even a good Supreme Court justice. This isn't like a Clarence Thomas. It's Karl Rove. He's going to side with them most of the time. And he has, by the way. Why would they they blow their, you know, gang rape, fake rape wad on this guy? Right? We had these conversations on this show. I also said things like, there's no way Robert Mueller would just sell out like this at the end of his life. And he did. We got to stop using qualifiers like this as a movement. Stop making assumptions about the information we're getting and just start asking, is the information itself true or not? Is it fake or not? And worry about the assumptions from whence or where, from whence it came and where it will go. Worry about that later. Is this, is this real or not? Continuing on. I cannot tell you how many name conservative figures, politicians, etc., I have shared factual information with on COVID that they had never heard of, including people in the Trump White House. Now, how could I know of studies and data before they did? I have a successful show, but I'm not a big name superstar. I've been on Fox News primetime a grand total of five minutes once my entire career. It was last year with Tucker. So it's not like people are going to come to me with this information. Somebody like Tucker, God bless him. People will bring their best information to him. Because he's got the platform to get it out there. Project Veritas has kind of reached that status now, right? I don't have that kind of status. I'm not Senator so-and-so. People, If you're Senator so-and-so, people will go to you with information. Like, I brought my information to Senator Cruz. I brought my information to him. If your name is President Trump, they'll do it all the more. I remember Dr. Simone Gold from America's Frontline Doctors, she got a sit-down with Mike Pence, showed him the evidence on hydroxy and ivermectin. He just didn't care and ignored her. When you have these kinds of platforms, people bring you the best information because you're the ability for them to get it out. Now, if you're Steve Dace and you've got like an upper middle-class successful show, they don't bring me that kind of information. I don't have that kind of platform to change a news narrative in a day. So I've got to do, you know, if, as we move on here, Aaron, I've got to do a lot of this work myself. So the question becomes, Senator Cruz, do you going to continue to check the Politico tip sheet or President Trump? Are you going to fire Fauci? Or are you going to let him wreck your presidency? More folks with serious platforms are going to have to give up the assumption that every time their base comes to them with something that totally contradicts the established narrative, their base is uniquely crazy. There's too much of that gatekeeping happening on the right. Too much of it. Humble yourselves instead. Self-anointed gatekeeper. Humble yourself instead. Realize that you're the one crazy for continuing to establish accept the established narrative. I had to do this. One time, shame on me on Kavanaugh. Two times, uh, or two, one time, shame on you with Kavanaugh. Two times, shame on me with Mueller. I had to admit. You know what? You guys aren't nuts. I'm the idiot here. I'm nuts because I continue to buy the assumption of these narratives. Stop buying the assumption of these narratives and then putting your conservative spin on it. It does not make you smart, but a conserver of a lie. Again, you are the mark, not the man. Otherwise, we're going to see more unnecessary self-immolations like what happened at Ted last week. For the same forces lying in our media and lying in our government because they're the same, they're one and the same, and they collude with each other on that. That's what the whole Mueller probe revealed, the whole Russian collusion narrative revealed. Now that brings me back to Kyle Lamb here. Do you know why he's working in Desantis's office? When when we first hooked up with Kyle early in the days of COVID stand, dude was just a data analyst working in his house in Ohio. How did he end up with Ron Desantis? Because Ron understood that if he was going to challenge COVID stand successfully, he needed real data. He couldn't just do it on a pro liberty instinct. Why? Because while Americans care deeply about their liberty, they care even more about their health. So the question had to be answered: Is it safe? Every bit as much as, is it constitutional? Kyle was hired by Ron as part of that effort to do real data analysis. It's why the governor has hosted people like Martin Koldorf and that guy from Stanford that I still can't pronounce his name. He hasn't avoided experts at all. He's actually sought them out. DeSantis has followed the data, which folks like Kyle analyze and share, not just an alternative spin on the COVID stand narrative. DeSantis made, this is very key, You're free in Florida because DeSantis freed you from the information delusion. That's why. Floridians know you're free and safe. As do DeSantis' political opponents, which is why so many of them are hypocritically vacationing in his damn state all the time. DeSantis did not just act on constitutional instinct, but realized if we can't trust people on the law of the land, the Constitution, you probably cannot trust them on anything else. And I think what Ron DeSantis has done is a prototype politically for how we need to deploy in the future. It's not enough to assume the information is biased anymore. Start now with assuming it's actually disinformation and go from there. Jake Tapper theater yesterday, pretending like this whole from and with thing with COVID hospitalizations and death is brain. Why didn't anybody tell me this for two years? Dude, seriously. Hell. Enjoy. Holy cow. Yep. Unbelievable level of, of just. it's uh, Just beyond or that's beyond or whatever beyond Orwellian to the demonic that was jake tapper yesterday let's finish up here or is that the end
2: that was the end
1: okay we have to have alternative reservoirs of real information we cannot just accept the information from the new york times and then put a conservative spin on it anymore our people need to stop this is, need to stop watching and reading these platforms If you don't get up, you wouldn't get up in the morning and read Al Jazeera. You wouldn't get up in the morning and watch Russia Today. So why the hell do you get up in the morning and watch Joe and Mika? Why the hell do you get up in the morning and read Politico? Why? Stop it. You're poisoning yourself. And I think that's the trap that Ted Cruz found himself in. And he's not alone. Thoughts?
0: Well, Steve knows how much I like this. He read it to me before he published it. And uh, this, I mean, I spend most of my time thinking about this in some way, shape, or form. This is what I'm talking about when I say, don't go back to normal when normal sucked. And all of us have dealt with this at some point, Aaron, myself. But since this is a Steve Day show, I want to tell you, I've seen this in real time. What he what he has done, he when he tells you, I crave certainty, you know, emotionally, psychologically, he's, he's not doing some sort of riff just to entertain you. That's absolutely true. He basically made what he's talking about here in himself. He basically made an altar call. I mean, that's how vulnerable, you know, there's had to make ourselves to listen to the crazy voices in your head and just be willing to realize that this whole thing, this whole thing must be thrown out when you've been in business, relying that for a lot of time, that's hard to do. Steve did it. And he's asking you to do the same. And not as a preference. It's the only way to freedom.
2: It's going to become even more vitally important in the days to come when the powers that be will not even provide raw data. Or if they do, it'll just be completely and totally spoiled. Because that's the depth of the lie that we're dealing with right now. Alternative sources of information, not just analysis. That's going to become even more important in the the days ahead. We'll come back. Pop culture Tuesdays next.
1: You know, in a culture of increasing sources of misinformation, we just had a conversation about that, right? Uh, it is now more important than ever for parents to raise critical thinking, inquisitive children, people who Will ask their own questions, find their own answers. Annie, Annie's Genius Box is an excellent way to encourage your kids' curiosity while providing fun activities that are as entertaining as they are educational. You know, we told you about Annie's Kit Clubs in the past. Now, the, now Annie's Clubs uh, want to encourage your kids to become a critical thinker. Each month, young scientists get a new box bursting with three hands on activities to explore themes like geneal- or ge- genealogy, geology. Uh, chemistry i need to take one of these boxes chemistry aerodynamics and more perfect for kids ages 7 to 12 genius box can empower your kids imagination and critical thinking skills the exciting top secret mission envelope in every box will walk them through multiple amazing products each month your kids can design a hovercraft examine fossils build robots so much more introduce your kids to real science research and incredible value of asking really good questions. When you go to annieskitclubs.com slash Steve, save 50% off that first genius box, 50% off. When you go to annieskitclubs.com slash Steve, one more time, annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. All right, it's time for the very first Pop Culture Tuesday of 2022. And gentlemen, we are going to break down the Netflix film, Don't Look Up. So just to give you a little bit of the plot of the movie without spoiling it for you, um, a scientist, well, actually a woman studying, I think it's for her doctorate PhD, or yeah. PhD yeah, at Michigan State University, and she's in their, in their uh, astronomy lab with her uh, professor, tenured professor, played, played, uh, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. She discovers what she believes is a new comet and has made a tremendous new scientific discovery. However, when they run the astral projections, they find that this comet is actually going to make landfall on planet Earth within six months. And we're talking an extinction-level event. They take this to the White House, and it is very clear that Meryl Streep is kind of playing some form of a cross between Marge shot, I guess with this with the cigars and Donald Trump is that yeah, fair sure. okay Jonah Hill is phenomenally funny, and I'm going to tell you guys, I know political consultants like this guy flat out I've met them, and that's on the right. I can't even imagine what they're like on the other side okay I've met people on the right exactly like jonah Hill's character, okay uh he plays basically the White House chief of staff okay but but lest you think that this is just a Trump. MAGA takedown of you MAGA simpletons, and it's very clear that's part of the angle here. Fair? Yeah. And in fact, it's very clear that's part of the angle here. The movie also features a new show hosted by Tyler Perry and Kate Blanchett's characters who are basically Joe and Minka or Kelly and Seacrest before Joe and Minka got married, okay? Uh, it's just beyond sophomoric simpleton uh, it's 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 not even the steak or cheese it's you know argument that Daniel Horowitz and I were having a few years ago it's not even it, it's emptier calories than what's in a vending machine okay uh it it goes after ariana, ariana grande essentially plays herself as uh a, just a completely self-absorbed celebrity writing songs to, that she doesn't really care about raising awareness about the comet Uh, she, she just wants, you know, like to be acknowledged. She's virtue signaling basically. Okay. Yeah. At a, at at a virtue signaling event that Leonardo DiCaprio's character just gets sick to his stomach. He's a part of. And the whole thing breaks down into one camp that says, don't look up. So that's the MAGA camp that says, don't look up. Don't acknowledge the reality of the situation. And the other camp who doesn't care if you look up or what you do, you can look up all you want they don't plan on making any serious changes or taking it seriously whatsoever, one way or the other, right? And and so we won't we won't spoil any of the movie's subplots or where it goes. I think DiCaprio is fantastic in the film. Everybody's I'm pretty, fantastic. Honest. Yeah, right? I, but I, I think he's uniquely great. It kind of has a Howard Beale network moment at some point towards the end. Again, I won't say anymore. I don't know what you guys think. I think the movie's freaking genius. Now I don't think it's idiot It's it, Mike Judge didn't do this. Did you guys see? He's bringing Beavis and ButtHead back and updated later not. this year. I did not. But twenty I mean, twenty two is already. I'll give that a go. It's I mean, already great. again.
0: I'm not watching Star Wars, so okay. yeah, let's do that.
1: But so so it, this this tries to be um, idiocracy. It's not even Office Space. Another Mike Judge classic. Okay, one of my oh favorite I think it's movies. up there,
0: man. You do think it's up there with that? See, this okay. is one of the biggest. When you told me I had to watch this, I was like got to just start off 2022 like this i was like down on it yeah i at the end of it and i'm fascinated there's so nobody quite knows what to do with this across the board it's not falling into normal camps of analysis I agree. yeah I, it, it,
1: and that's why even in areas i don't agree with the film like there's literally other than the some of the language it chooses to use and the way it chooses to describe it ideologically there is nothing in idiocracy i disagree with nothing and don't look up, you mean, yeah, I'm t- no, um'm th- idiocracy, the movie I think it's trying to be oh, I, uh, got okay? it, got it. there are things ideologically I don't agree with here, but I'm not so much concerned about that because I think the entire film is a critical thinking exercise, even if it doesn't come to the conclusions I come to on everything it it is it is a pretty honest, brutally yeah. so portrayal of what I know of a political system whose curtain I have worked behind now for going on 16 years. And that's why I'm totally okay with it. Even the parts I don't agree with, I'm totally okay with it because I think that there's at least some desire to reach some form of truth by the people who made this movie. Even if they don't agree on what the truth is.
0: I can't. I can't believe I, it's actually real. I thought it was going to be a global warming tome. Well, it, and that's what
1: DiCaprio in the, yeah, in the right. promotion has claimed that it is. It, it, it's, it's a global even, warming. It, it's a climate it, change allegory. It's
0: in no way expressly that. And they wrote it in such a way that if you want it to be that, it can be. But it unavoidably has to take on so many other things as well. And this guy seems to want to do it. Did you notice how the when they go to the big newspaper, I can't remember if it was the New York Times or if they called it it. It was the
1: Washington Post. Was they it was the went Washington to? Post. Yeah.
0: They're they're more sober in their in their conversation, but in order to find out if they should run with this, they send it off to mm-hmm. the other show to see if it gets them the clicks that they want. Yes, that's it's yes. taken on everybody. And then Total the end,
1: tail wagging of the dog here, now. Yes, at
0: the end, here's my, my mind blown. When when the guy who ends up he was in Dune and he he falls in love with uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character, and he's just this goober. Timmy, was, Timothy Chalant but, or something yeah, is his name? and, Chalamet, in, the, and Chalamet, in the past he it. says he was like, a, he was raised evangelical. This is an important point when you're he about to breaks, make. Pay very close it's attention to this. the end of the this. world and yeah. he breaks out in prayer. Yeah. It is, you know, the, the guy who used to work for Bernie Sanders, who wrote this movie, is telling you at the end times, this is how you do it. Yeah. And it's in comparison to the Jonah Hill prayer, which is what... So all many people during myself. COVID, it's yeah. about uh, thanks God, please uh, save all the stuff and my first world stuff and the things I like stuff, the comfort that I've been talking no to you about. No humility at all. I, this guy yeah. did an amazing work, and then one more thing at the end when the, you could the comet is coming down. They 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 are get the the fallen apart relationship that Joe. So I the, said I was going to spoil but, it. And Todd's out here I'm spoiling it, but go but ahead. It, but- it's a, I can't comment on I know you can't. So DiCaprio go ahead. at the end of the earth comes back to his wife. She takes him in, and the, the, the things are rattling. The comet is coming. And he says, I, he's neurotic as hell the whole time. And he says, you know what? We really had it pretty good, didn't we? oh so much of our life is just bs yeah i mean i'm sorry if i did ruin and, it, and but this i'm is, not is, gonna because you're gonna be in the middle of this moment and your heart's gonna be biting out of your chest because it's amazing i can't believe it was done
1: this is the same group that wants that prayer right that, yes that, but they don't know how to do it yes and it's timothy's character who came out of an evangelical household and kind of rebelled against his parents but uh, what did he described, hey i found my way back he says yeah and he's the one that leads the prayer and dude it is a prayer exactly. that will knock your socks off i know. Okay? Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, it, it is a righteous prayer, yes. man. Yeah, it is. I've, yeah. You, you took right. me to, from zero to sixty I had forgotten about that. I'm thing. glad you brought oh. that up. So that didn't that got on the show. I so. couldn't
0: wait to talk about this,
2: Aaron. It is simultaneously the most self-aware self aware film and the least self aware film, depending on what the motivations of. Of, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, the guy who made it uh, the 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 director and and producer. But it's simultaneously the most and least uh, self-aware film. It is the most self-aware film because it actually makes fun of itself. It actually makes fun of itself in the midst of when the comet is is coming and i'm I'm, I'm sorry, these are this is full of spoilers. so um in the midst of when the comet is coming, there's a full-blown Hollywood production in this world about about making this movie and uh, there's a full, you know there's a fake little interview with uh, uh, Chris Evans <laughs> you know and he's just talking about you know this pin that i'm wearing on my you know i just First think there's so in. many yeah. so many things that just divide us this pin is it has both an up and a down arrow just because it, it, the movie was making fun of itself <laughs> no. it really was what? and it, it, i don't see how that was not intentional there was uh, probably one of my favorite just fleeting moments in the entire film in terms of how it just completely and utterly nails the vapidness of our culture right after right after the president finally acknowledges that there's a comet coming um there's a montage of of social media and tabloid and newspaper reactions and there's one uh, I think maybe it was Ariana Grande's character is that uh, this comet is really stressing me out that was hilarious but one moment. It was a spoof of Sports Illustrated. Did you guys catch this? A spoof of Sports Illustrated. It had a picture of the Earth on it. Oh, it had a picture yes. of the comet coming down, and it looked like a football Will with we, the headline yes. "Will we have a Super Bowl this <laughs> <Yes>. year?" <laughs> I freaking loved that. So it's very self-aware in that, and and the concert at the end, you know, just complete and total virtue signaling on the part of those who were following the science and and you know actually you know. Uh, admitted things were the way they were, so very self aware in, in that. In, in terms of that, lack of self awareness in that. Leonardo DiCaprio, do you see what he's been up to in the last couple of weeks? He's partying on a yacht with Jeff Bezos. He releases this, <laughs> this. This movie is released in the midst of COVID, when we've been lied to more than ever, probably by the scientific the scientific community, too. So there's a lack. But I, I think. And, and forgive me, I, I cannot remember. It's, it's a recognizable name, the guy who made this film. Um, I, I really think this came off to me as some being made and written by somebody who completely and totally believes that we're wrecking the planet. And that it's going to be a doomsday someday because of yes. global warming. Yes. But the dude is just looking around at both sides and he's like, screw y'all. Y'all just suck. And this is just basically flipping the bird. (laughs) This is flipping the bird to everybody saying on the way out, at least at least I get to laugh at you on the way out, which I'm like you, Steve. I don't agree with all of the portrayals, all of the the, all of the uh, all of the conclusions that he comes to. But I respect that because at least on on something that is of higher importance, he's just being honest. He went Bill Maher. Yeah, that's what he did. I agree.
1: And it's, and I have a similar lament throughout the, particularly over the last couple of years. Do you guys, how many times have I thought, why is nobody, where's the, where's everyone else in my industry pointing out where this, how come it's like the same seven, eight of us Mm -hmm. all the time? I mean, all the, we've been, the conversations being had about Fauci, we started having them in April of last year. Where's everybody been? Has everybody been on masks? Where's, you see, so this is why I respect this work. I, I don't ideologically agree with all of its assumptions and conclusions, but but the idea that a frustration with a with a culture that just refuses, while while taking itself more seriously than ever before, refuses to truly take anything serious, dude, that is a that is a lament. Mm-hmm. I could sit down with Mr. Adam McKay, who made this movie. Adam McKay, thank and you. And him and I maybe could sit down over a martini or two and 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 the ballad of John and Yoko. We could <laughs> we could we could sing that. Okay. And we might be coming from totally different sides of the fence here, but don't tell me how, how frustrated have the three of us been over the course of the last few years at times. Why are not more people taking this seriously? Why are we why are we still following talking points from March of 2020. Why aren't we, why aren't more people reading these studies? Why aren't more people following this actual data? Right? Yeah. I can completely, yes. completely relate to that. And that's why I, I, I think if you have any form, if you're serious about your beliefs and sincere about them, here's, here's what this movie is. This movie is a fictional portrayal of how we end up in a world now where Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Steve Bannon are doing podcasts together. Yeah. Is, is, is This movie is the fictional... Per, this yeah. is how we arrive at, at this crazy place where, where where one of the last living Kennedy scions is hanging out and rolling with Bannon. This is how we end up in this place because everybody, everybody who's serious about their particular agenda looks at the rest of the culture and says, you guys just aren't serious about a damn thing. And so they start hanging out with each other.
0: And here's the other thing we didn't talk about to your point. It... Bill Gates is known, among other things, for being really big on global warming, right? Yeah. This movie totally lampoons a Bill Gates character. Yeah, the the
2: biggest villain in the film is the (laughs) ultimate progressive. Yes. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Folks, if you want to get involved here in the year 2022 with the real estate market, make sure you go in with an agent that you can trust. All right. Don't do it alone and don't just take for granted what they have on their websites. Uh, Go to an agent whose track record of success has been fully vetted and verified. Where would you find them? Well, the name kind of says it all. We've made it pretty easy for you. Just go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagents.com iTrust.com, a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates because they kept running into real estate agents they could not trust, and they don't want that to happen to anybody else. So they started this business instead, just about anywhere you want to move to or from. We can probably help you find a real estate agent you can trust at real com. Once more, head over to real com. All right, coming up in the overtime today, our former colleague and still friend, Jordan Schachtel. We originally booked him uh, to discuss something else, and we will discuss that matter in the overtime today. But he has a fantastic story up on his sub stack right now um, in, re- in response uh, to what the horse doctor Pfizer CEO is now saying and admitting we'll get into that and more in the overtime today. If you want to be able to watch that, and you're a Blaze TV subscriber, just be patient. We'll record that for you after the show, and then we'll upload it for you at blazetv.com slash dace. And if you're not yet a subscriber, then blazetv.com slash dace is where you can go to become one at a discount at blazetv.com slash dace. For Todd and Aaron McIntyre, we will see you again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317.